Welcome into another edition of the Gig'em 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined as always by Brian Peroni. Brian, how's everything been going? Oh, good. Uh, hopefully this week we don't end up having to have, you know, an emergency second podcast as uh, Jimbo and Saban, you know, made us have made us have last week. I have a feeling that'll probably come up <laughs> even more a little bit today. Yeah, I mean, we just... Um woke woke up thursday and you know you i had kind of seen the the jimbo fisher comments and or the nick saban comments from the night before and and like we mentioned last week we just kind of thought we were in for a regular thursday you know continue to do some recruiting updates had some updates planned and then all of a sudden you know jimbo fisher comes out with that press conference and um it was the talk of the day the rest of the rest of the day um you know i even going out to some spring games this weekend Everybody was still talking about that press conference and and um I guess everybody like you and I did kind of took it with more of a you know some people had different opinions but um you know it was just kind of lighthearted and uh, you know some of the recruits we spoke with were were laughing and 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 kind of joked and and said man that's true Jimbo to come out and you know defend his players like that and uh you know everybody seemed to take it with a good sense of humor yeah, for sure. I mean, we had talked about it. You know, the the reason Jimbo, you know, does things like that is, I mean, he doesn't care about the national conversation. It's he does he he's saying those things to recruits and to his own players. Like, yeah, hey, I got your back. So for sure. And hey, as predicted, is like you know he and uh, he and Nick Saban both sort of got hand slaps by uh, by Greg Sankey. What they got they got sanctioned or whatever. <laughs> hey, hey, stop talking about that. And then apparently. Lane Kiffin was supposed to join Dan Patrick over the weekend to talk about it, but Dan Patrick says that uh, Sankey put the kibosh on that and wouldn't <laughs> let him come on and talk about it. So Sankey doesn't want that to dominate uh, dominate the conversations. But we're still looking forward to SEC Media Days because yeah, following along. Jim, question I mean, number one. Yes, uh, yeah, Nick Saban. And you know, it was after we recorded our podcast, but um, Nick Saban did come out later in the afternoon with. With kind of an, a, a bit of an apology, not one I really buy. We said that. Place. I'm sorry if you took it that way. We predicted that. Yeah, I didn't mean to single out Texas A&M, but yeah. I kind of did. I exactly. st- yeah, it doesn't, I, I stand by what I said, but <laughs> I didn't mean to single them out. I meant to say everybody did it. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's not an apology, Jimbo. I mean, it was just the whole thing is ridiculous, to be honest. But yeah. off-season and, you know, content, we gave you guys something to – to listen to and i'm yeah. sure everybody everybody enjoyed just that whole thing as much as we did everybody needs a little a little may may entertainment right like it kind of spiced up all of last week and and gave everybody something to talk about a couple of days i don't think anybody even noticed that you know we're kind of getting you know down to the countdown time and and you know we're we're hitting that point so uh you know it kind of gave gave everybody a couple of days closer to the season you're right Lane Kiffin's just been dying to get into this conversation however he can. He was he was on Twitter kind of responding to everything going on, you know. It it was probably one of those things that killed him to sit on sit on the sidelines and Oh yeah. The fact uh, he wasn't the one he's like, I wish Nick Saban would have called me out and I could yeah. we could have had press conference. That. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like we recruit better, Lane. Yeah, I would have I would have got into that conversation. Yeah. Be careful, Lane. He's he's probably got you next. Yeah, and then we'll yeah. come out and say I didn't. Don't be to trying to out. land five stars. All right. If yeah. you land some five stars, Nick Saban's coming after you. <laughs> Only Alabama's allowed to get multiple five stars. You could have one. Exactly. One. You we can get one. one. I'll give you I'll give you one. There's there's 32 and I'll spare you. I'll spare yeah. you one. So um no looking ahead though, um it's a Memorial Day's coming up and uh, the AM class, the rest of the AM class is is set to move in this weekend. Um Jamar Stewart has got back to us and said that he will be moving in Saturday morning and, um, you know, expect quite a few guys to to kind of be moving in, as you mentioned on the board, throughout the weekend and Saturday, Sunday, and and kind of get rolling, rolling with classes set to get underway next week. Um, the time has, has kind of arrived to, to kickstart some of the workouts. Uh, I'll have a story coming on the board uh, later this week, but – but Shamar Stewart definitely said he's itching to just get there at this point. He's been in contact with everybody who's who's been on campus, and and I think those guys who didn't enroll early are just are just ready at this point to kind of get in and 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 arrive. 
Yeah, there shows there should be 18 more guys uh, coming over the weekend. Who are you looking forward to seeing the most? I mean, I know we can throw out the five stars. Walter Nolan. Okay. Well, outside of Walter Nolan, Shamar Stewart, and LT Overton, you know, the three five-star defensive linemen that are that'll be there. Who are you looking forward to seeing the most? You know, the one that I'm I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing the most is um is Cam Dewberry because I feel like he's of of the linemen that are coming in. He's probably the guy that has the chance to make the earliest impact, and and whether that be a, a guard or tackle, um, you know, I think he's 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 one, and and Hunter Herb definitely as well. I think Hunter Herb is going to be an interesting guy that, you know, once he can kind of get into a college weight room for a year and and get going, that's that's really a guy I'm intrigued to see what he looks like, um, you know, in games later in the season. Maybe once he's had some time to to get into the strength and conditioning program and especially next spring. I think he's a guy that could benefit benefit the most. Um, who's who's the guy you keeping your eye on? I mean, the Dewberry one's interesting. It's I always think it's lazy comparisons when you compare a guy to a former teammate or something like that. But, I mean, he could take that exact same Kenyon Green, <laughs> you know, track. Like, he started – they both started on varsity at Tascacita as freshmen. Yeah. You know, when uh, Dewberry was a freshman, uh, Green was a senior, so they started opposite each other. Um, you know, and – uh, Dewberry maybe you know start inside as a true freshman I don't know I mean it'd be that'd be big if he was able to do that and then eventually move outside so yeah that would be fun but I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna to sort of I stopped when I was naming five stars I stopped right before Chris Marshall because that's my yeah. answer I mean we talked about Evan Stewart all spring I mean he was the talk of spring already in the starting role Chris Marshall is the bigger receiver that also has speed still new and new to the game and raw I mean he's only played two seasons uh raw but i mean he's got the talent to stretch the field i don't want to you know i i, I don't want to call him mike evans because that's not fair to anybody but he's got that same sort of skill set basketball player playing football big kid you know he can you know he's got the speed can uh you know defenders can bounce off him so he's the one like i am curious to see because Marshall struggled in the playoffs this year. They actually were upset in the first round by Barbers Hill because their district wasn't that great. So they weren't, you know, the starters only played the first half. They only played in the second half for one game the entire regular season. It was wow. the opening game. So, so you know, the competition wasn't great there. So I'm curious to see how that translates. He already played in the, All, uh, the Under Armour All-American game and looked great all week in practice, had a dominant game. So it's going to be really fun to watch him against, you know, uh, you know, elite SEC DBs in, in camp. Yeah, I think the the excitement is sky high around him just coming off of, of what he did with the All-American. And you're, you're right on Cam Dewberry. Um, I think it makes sense with him, though, looking at Kenyon Green, just because that's a guy that's that's kind of been a big-time mentor for him. And it just seems like those two have kind of been tied at the hip for the last couple of years. Um, he's, I mean, he's same, same build and everything, too. You know, same not both of them tackles for Tassacita, you know, not the, the longest guys, but they can play they can play tackle if needed, real versatile. So, I mean, uh, Kenyon, I went to Cam Dewberry's announcement when he announced for him. Kenyon Green was there to support him. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's going to be one of those things like, you know, a and fans remember back in the day, hey, did you know Colt McCoy and Jordan Shipley are roommates? Every yeah. time Cam Dewberry is on, you know, you know, if he plays, if he starts as a freshman, they're going to, mm-hmm. hey, did you know he started, you know, alongside, you know, Kenyon Green as a freshman in high school? And, you know, oh, it's gonna we're going to hear the story from the national media a lot, you know, once everybody finds out about that. But, yeah, yeah that'll, be, gonna, that'll be fun to watch him. Story up. And the other one I'm I'm really curious to see, and, and maybe a name that doesn't get talked about as much is Smoke Bowie. I'm just fascinated because – when 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 the fall was kind of rolling on, you and I both heard about just all the ways that they could use them, and you know, do they choose to use them at wide receiver? Do they use them at corner? Do they put them at punt back as a punt returner? I'm just fascinated to see what his kind of role looks like now that he's able to get on campus. He's been training all spring. Um, he's got the athleticism and and the speed to make an early impact. It's just how quickly does he get adjusted to to the college weight room and get in, and get in there. And so he's a guy, I think, too, that, you know, I know, I know A&M fans are, are really excited to, to watch him. And, and it's going to be fascinating to see what role he, he takes on immediately. Yeah, he played both ways at the uh, All-American Bowl in January. Practiced mainly at receiver, but uh, practiced both ways. Looked great on both sides of the ball. So, shoot, 
I mean, who knows if maybe, you know, you're a week in, you're like, oh, there's some cornerback depth, but this kid in the slot, you know, you know, maybe Jimbo says, hey, go get a maroon jersey or whatever color offense is wearing. So, yeah, it'll be fun to be fun to watch him. Exactly. And, um, you know, can they get him involved in special teams at all? And, and can he make an impact there? Even I'm going to say yes. I'm going to go out on a I'm limb go yes. and I'm say that say he, will, yeah, he will be I'm going to say that guy's going to be able to make make an impact. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I thought it was interesting to – I know you posted on the board right before we, we started recording this. It's funny, speaking of the five stars for a second, Josh Pate kind of mentioned it. There's so much talk about Evan Stewart and the impact that he's going to make. Quietly, like – Walter Nolan's not a guy when Texas A&M, you know, kind of gets mentioned as who's going to make the early impact. Walter Nolan's name doesn't probably get brought up as much as it should. And and he was just utterly dominant at the Under Armour All-American game. Um, and it just speaks to how loaded the top of the class was. I mean, you look at just the defensive line class in general that, that A&M signed. You look at Shamar Stewart and Walter Nolan and some of those guys – on basically any other roster, those guys would be top of the list as guys that can make an early impact. It oh, just yeah. speaks to how ridiculous the class that A&M signed was. And, and you know, Josh had, had a lot to say about, you know, him being able to come in and be an impact player, potentially a, an, an early impact player. And I think it's it's going to be how quickly can he get up to speed, how quickly can Shamari Stewart get up to speed. But I expect both of those guys to to make early impacts in the defensive line as well. Yeah, so, I mean, people aren't talking about Walter Nolan because he wasn't there in the spring, yeah. you know, and Evan Stewart was. But, yeah, he's he's going to be in the rotation for sure. Uh, I The 24-7 National Desk, I think it was Chris Hummer, put together the top 100 impact true freshmen across all of college football, you know, yeah. true freshmen to know. And there were actually four Aggies in that top 100, and he had, uh, obviously, Evan Stewart. He had Walter Nolan, despite the fact no one hadn't been there. And then he had Bryce Anderson, who, you know, the safety, yeah. he was there – in the spring and Jake Johnson, you know, uh, yeah. with, you know, with uh Baylor cup having transferred to Texas tech, the starting job is open there for, for Jake Johnson to take. Yeah. And he, he went to ways towards doing that in the spring. So yeah, I mean, a I mean, it's the number one class for a reason. So it's not surprising that there are four of them listed and, you know, there could be plenty of others, you know, who once uh, Gabe Dendy is completely healthy. I mean, he could be up there as well. You know, Chris Marshall, as we talked about, just all these guys. I mean, there's a ton of, ton of guys that, that could end up like SEC all freshman team could end up with a lot of Aggies on it. Yeah. And even Donovan green, a guy like him, what, what he's going to be able to do when he comes in. Cause you mentioned that, that tight end position is kind of wide open heading into the summer. I know Jake Johnson's a guy that you and I both mentioned stood out during the the, the time that we were able to see him during the spring. I, I think he was hampered by an injury late in the spring, but uh, you know he was a guy that went on the field really really impressed the coaches early on, and his his size and speed is impressive. Um, what do you think? What do you think uh, Theodore Orstrom's uh, like introduction to? you know, American football. Yeah. He's been to camp, you know, here. Yeah, he, I, I mean, he looked really good at camp, you know, we'll, we'll give did. him that. But all of a sudden he's going from playing against club teams in Sweden to going across the middle against SEC linebackers and <laughs> defensive backs. Is there going to be, you know, there's that, that show on ESPN to, Hey, yeah. Hey rookie, welcome to the NFL. Is he going to have his like, welcome to the SEC moment in, in camp or maybe, you know, his first catch during the season when he's just like, laid out by a safety <laughs> who's 6'2", 220 pounds. Yeah, you know, he didn't get his moment like Edron Cooper did during the uh, during the All-American Bowl when he, um, you know, I think it was Moose Muhammad that he just absolutely laid out the middle of the field. And he didn't quite get that moment. You know, maybe it's a, maybe it's Damani Richardson coming over the middle of, oh, man. Yeah, 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 Damani, yeah, a, yeah, a big safety. a bit bigger than, than, than the they, Yeah, these Swedish kids I'm used to, used to playing against. Yeah. yeah like I mean, I, I have no doubt that, 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 you know, after we watched him in person, like, Orstrom was one of the most impressive people we yeah. saw at any of the camps last summer. But, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, even more so than a you know a small school kid coming from there. At least he's been around the game and has you know gone to camps and seen other players. I mean, Orstrom is is is. I mean, this is all foreign to him. I didn't yeah. even mean to. That wasn't even supposed to be. You know, <laughs> that was good. That was foreign, well done. Yeah. That was, you you can t totally say you meant that, and I'll, I'll yeah, totally yeah. believe. No, he's gonna he's he's gonna kind of get there and think, man, this is a little bit different than the YouTube <laughs> YouTube. Video yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, he yeah, he's the, the one who said, yeah, he used to watch, he yeah, watch YouTube, YouTube videos. videos. It's gonna be like, man, this isn't quite the YouTube videos. Like, yeah. Maybe he's been watching the Pulse though. He's maybe I, I feel like yeah. he's a Pulse. He's probably a Pulse viewer where he can get some, 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 uh, a good look at what a practice looks like. But no, he's and even just he's gonna have to get used to like the practice structure and how quickly everything moves. I think that's the biggest thing that when you talk to people on the U S side and, you know, they, they get in in the first couple of weeks, um, you know, one of the big things they mention is uh, it's just the practice structure and how, how, you know, how quickly everything moves. So um, there'll be a lot of, I mean, all, all the, all the freshmen are like that. I mean, that's, yeah. I think we always laughed at very first day of practice, you know, as they're running out this year, it was, uh, it was Adazio who was the real vocal one, but I think, I think I heard almost every, uh, newcomers name just being yelled at like where are you you know it's yeah, everybody else doing? they've got they know where to go they've got yeah. everything and all you know these freshmen are just completely lost so <laughs> yeah it'll be fun that's probably where they get the good stories out of it yeah steve adazio asked me where the heck i was i thought i was in the right spot but yeah I yeah turns out um, I, was, I didn't realize everybody else wearing a white jersey i got a maroon one maybe yeah maybe I'm, over I'm, on, wrong I'm, place, so. I'm over on offense and i'm supposed yeah. to be on defense oops uh and the switching gears on on that front to the the recruiting side that you know things are are kind of picking up on that end as well heading into the the summer and and guys kind of closed out their spring this this past week um had a chance to see a couple of them uh on thursday and friday night uh beginning with peyton bowen and and he's a guy that i know you and you and i have both kind of mentioned on the board at this at this point i wouldn't be surprised to see him get back nothing's no vi- no visits are set yet or anything like that for for peyton bowen and and a and just continuing to kind of stay in the picture there. He's he's maintained he's still solid to, to Notre Dame. And, and you know, A&M did get into the picture late with him. So there's still work to do there. But he really liked his first visit on campus and, and mentioned he kind of wants to get back down to see, you know, maybe a camp and what coaching, you know, what DJ Durkin looks like coaching and what TJ Russian looks like coaching because he didn't get to see a ton of that. Oh, no. I mean, so – a&M offered pretty much right before he committed to Notre Dame. Yeah. The, the thing with him, though, is he was basically already committed to Notre Dame for exactly. months before that. It was not a surprise. Everybody knew that's what he was doing. So A&M, yeah, did have to come in. And basically, you know, even when they offered, he was already committed in his mind. They've made up a ton of ground. And, you know, I'd say they're the main ones to watch out for. And, you know, he's got former teammates on campus with uh, Deuce Harmon and uh, Eli Stowers. So, and those guys, you know, talking are, are, you know, recruiting him to A&M and he's able to see them, especially, you know, Deuce Harmon make an early impact. So yeah. yeah, he's a guy that I could see, you know, potentially ending up in the class, especially there aren't a ton of, uh, ton of, of safety targets that have really emerged. So he's one of the main guys that uh, yeah. that's out there. And so they're, they're putting a lot of effort in him. Yeah. And speaking of Deuce Harmon, he was out at the Geyer spring game, kind of hanging out with, with a couple other guys and, you know, chatting with Peyton Bowen afterwards and just saying hi. And you're right, just having his presence around the program. And and that's a guy, when I first talked to Peyton Bowen, he mentioned that, you know, Deuce Harmon was a guy he talked to and was a friend and you know, Eli Stowers. So he certainly got a couple ties to A&M and, and just really seemed to like the hospitality that he got when he went down there. And, the you know, we mentioned he wanted to get back down there. And another guy that – Sticking in the secondary AM is is after hard is Malik Muhammad. And um, you know, he's at one point he kind he's of He's uh he, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, he's pretty shy and reserved and yeah, very and not shy, not all that confident in his abilities, right? Well <laughs> we've talked yeah, about Jahante Cook on here you before. Gotta, you gotta get him before. you gotta get him out of his shell a little bit. You gotta get but, Malik but he's he's going. very he's very confident. You know, we talked about Jahante Cook. He he and Manny Muhammad, yeah. Malik goes by Manny. He and Manny are good friends, and I'd say they're good friends for a reason. Yeah, they're very good friends, and it's, it's, uh, you know, they talked about taking visits together, and you know, I think one, the impact of one could could definitely have an impact on the other, and that's that's certainly going to be something to watch. Now, Muhammad is is a guy. I think this timeline um, is a bit fluid, it, to say the least. He he kind of was looking at a late spring, early summer timeline, and then we talked this weekend and. He kind of admitted it's it's back to now, like late summer, maybe fall. Signing day. Um, signing I'm gonna, day. I'm gonna, yeah. It's it's early signing day. I, yeah. I I won't guarantee that, but I'm gonna say 95. percent He's going to keep 
pushing it back and back. Yeah, because he, he's gonna have he kind of mentioned I'm going to take a couple of official visits during the summer, and then I'm going to take a couple during the fall. And that's when he said, I'm I'm kind of a late summer timeline, but it could get pushed back. So I'm, I'm with you. I think day. a signing day. Yeah. And, you know, he's a very smart guy, too. When we were talking just off to the side, I said, so what do you think of uh, – the Alabama Texas A&M feud. Uh, yeah, he's one. He's the one we like, talk about. Those are yeah. He's yeah. one of the guys that that's. Those are his two main nope. schools. He said, "I'm an, I am neutral on that one. I am not yeah, <laughs> smart." You know what? We're gonna, we got to find Jonte Cook and ask him because he, yeah. he won't be afraid to say something on the record. <laughs> exactly. No, Malik Muhammad was like, "Nope, I am not touching that one. I am, I am." He, he was laughing about it, but he's like, "Nope." He's like. I laughed at both sides. That's what I'll say. So he was he was having a good time with it. But you know, I think AM is continuing to be in the very much in the mix there. Alabama is definitely another one. And you know, one one school you mentioned that was that was really working hard to get into this recruitment is uh, Miami. Um, they made a couple trips by his high school this spring. Uh, mentioned the coaches were just, you know, his his coaches were just inundated with texts with the coaches trying to get into the building to come see him. So. Um, they've definitely made him a priority, and I think uh, I think I, he may have gone and see them. Remember, he was at IMG for one semester. Yeah, he never ended up playing there, but he was there for one semester, and so a lot of the uh, you know they, the coaches couldn't be on the road that spring. But I think he got around to a lot of those schools. I think he, he did. And he, he he mentioned Miami as a school that you know he's got some longstanding relationships there, and guys that you know, um, did. Jaleel Ade, who was at Georgia before, now is at Miami and was recruiting him there. And, you know, Coach Coach T-Rob went from Miami to Alabama. So the, the coaching staffs have all kind of switched amongst his top schools. And so, uh, you know, he, he mentioned those two schools specifically as well. And, you know, and it's I think it's just going to have somebody on the board ask where I see it kind of right now in the medium to high range. But there's just going to be so much that happens between now and the fall and and like you mentioned, it's it's it wouldn't be a shock at all to see him push this all the way back to the early signing period, and 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 so that's for me why you know I don't don't go all in on saying A and M's the front runner right now, but I think A and M's in a good spot heading into the summer. But there's still yeah, probably he's, he's one of the guys that I have I have a crystal ball to A and M on him. Now it's you know it's not you know incredibly high you know uh, confidence on there, but yeah, I think A and M's in in a good position. But yeah, he I mean. He could end up uh, a number of places. I would say that Alabama would be the main one yeah, to watch going going through the season. I think he's going to be watching that game on October eighth, along with yeah, pretty much <laughs> all the rest of any college football fans, pretty closely. I think he'll. I think it's a good bet. He'll probably be at that game if he can. If it's if he did, if he's able to get out there, I think I think you'll see him out there, um, especially seeing those two schools going against each other. Um, another one I was out and seeing this weekend was. Uh, Sean Cooper, I mentioned him over on our board, um, runs a, a a great program up in uh, C4 Sports Performance. He is Ish Harris, his trainer, uh, put together a combine. He kind of looked at what IMG did with their pro day and put together a similar event this weekend um, with a lot of top players from Texas and Oklahoma. And, um, you know, two guys that weren't there that could end up being A&M targets were Zadavian Sims and, and by Joe. Both of those guys had – had things kind of going on, but on by Job, I would expect him to probably, um, he hasn't been able to get to A&M yet, but um, I would expect this summer he's going to, he's going to try to get to A&M. Alabama and Georgia are the two right now that have, have made a great impression on him, but I think for, uh, for those that don't, you know, if you don't follow, uh, you know, recruiting religiously, he's a, uh, by Job is, I, he's lives in Norman. I believe he's from Senegal. Yeah. So yeah. he's, uh, you know, brand new to football, was playing basketball before football and was just like, you know, he's a guy that a lot of people notice on the basketball court. So, you know, just a freakishly athletic edge rusher that has, you know, all the potential in the world. And yeah, he's a guy that we saw last summer. He came to camp at AM, didn't pick up an offer him. right away, a little surprisingly, yeah. but you know, it didn't take AM too long to offer him. Yeah, they and they were they're very much in the mix there. So he's gonna try to come back for for a visit, um, for an unofficial visit. And I I was told this summer is is probably likely. And um there's some other guys out there, some young some young players. Um, Ravian Larry is a guy that um, is a young running back that um, has, has picked up some interest. Um, Colton Yarbrough is a 2026 kid that already has an offer from, from Arkansas. And I think he's got a sophomore safety. That's a four-star that visited A&M, right? Kenyon Kelly Kelly. is another 
Kenyon Kelly is another one that um, told me that he's planning to get to back to A&M this summer. Um, and Aaron Hampton as well is com- currently committed to Texas. Um, he mentioned he talks to TJ Rushing every Sunday and um, has several. Just like on his there. schedule on Sundays, like yeah, we eat Sunday dinner. Like, and a Sunday chat, like, a sun, like yeah. a Sunday chat. We're going to talk. Yeah, to call, yeah it's like how some people call their grandmas every Sunday. He calls apparently he calls calls TJ TJ Rushing every Sunday. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so so I, I hope they've got a name for it. I hope they've got like a like on a chat. Yeah. Some 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 creative name to, to kind of keep up with that. But no, I'd expect he he said he was going to try to get back to AM as well. Um as well this summer. And then the notable news on, on Sunday evening, Anthony James, um, who was the first commit in the AM class for the 2023 cycle, um, reopened his recruitment this weekend, um, announced that decision on Sunday evening and said he plans to take several visits. He's taken, he's taken visits to uh, Miami, Washington already. And um, you know, just, just a guy I think that wanted to, wanted to get out and explore some more schools and ex- explore his options. And, um, you know, we'll, you know, he's a, he's a guy that I, I, th- I think will continue to pick up attention and, um, you know, had, had, had good things to say about Terry Price and the coaching staff there, but what just wants to get out and, and fully, you know, kind of go through his process. Okay, so this one wasn't it wasn't incredibly surprising. I don't think it was surprising to people, at least you know, VIP users on on our board that have have paid attention. I think both uh, both parties, him and A and M, sort of jumped into it a little early. Uh, he mm-hmm. was offered from a, a ton of schools offered him based on his freshman film. It was really good. It was against other freshmen. You know, he didn't play on varsity as a freshman. It was against other freshmen, and he just picked up all those offers really early and and made an early, you know, uh, decision. Uh, to commit to AM. Uh AM's defensive line room now looks completely different than yeah. when he committed. There's also different types of uh, you know, types of players and things like that, but the depth chart looks way different. So I think he realized that, you know, he jumped into things a little early with making that commitment as a as a sophomore, I believe it was. Yeah. And early. then AM, you know, AM's, you know, probably moved into things a little early. You know, especially with what they were just able to do. I mean, it was a historic class overall, but the defensive line was the was the heart of the class they just signed. So, I mean, there there probably won't be a ton of defensive linemen in this uh, this next class. Yeah, it, it'll be you know or at least not as many as they had before. So, I mean, the the guys that they sign are going to be you know just ones that are are definitely handpicked. So, like I said, both both sides rushing a thing. So it was. Not incredibly surprising. Uh, I wouldn't look for him to end up uh, end up back in the fold yeah. of AM. I think Washington is probably Washington in a good spot. Probably, right? uh, yeah. He's been up to both Michigan schools quite often. And then, you know, Florida and Miami have talked to him. He did have official visits scheduled there, has, has pushed those back, but um, to both those schools. So the the two Florida schools, the two Michigan schools in Washington and and maybe Texas are, are ones to watch there. But It'll probably be best, you know, best for AM, best for, for Anthony James, wherever he does end up. And it'll be fun watching his career. Yeah, he's a he's a extremely nice kid for those, you know, we, we get a chance to get out and, and talk with him quite a bit. And and he's an extremely nice kid. And so he's the type of kid, I mentioned this on the board, you root for him, you know, wherever he ends up is you hope the best for him and, and that he can find a good spot. And I think the other important thing to note, and, and one of the things he points out often is when he committed AM, he committed during that dead period. So he hadn't even had the chance to really get out and, and see a lot of schools and meet a lot of coaching staffs. And, um, you know, I think he felt really strongly about where his relationship was with Elijah Robinson and Terry Price and felt really comfortable with them. And so that was, that was something when he did decide to make his decision, um, but he hadn't been out to see a lot of schools. And so now as he's got to see a lot of schools, I think, I think like you mentioned, I mean, A&M signing eight defensive linemen this past cycle they've they've got a just a, a loaded defensive line room and you know it's probably for the best and in, in terms of playing time and all that for him to also look at, at what other options he's got so um you know he's he's a guy that's going to be fun to watch where he ends up um so with with that we're going to switch gears after the break and um talk a little at texas a&m baseball who um took home an sec west title this weekend um and is gearing up for the sec tournament We'll be back right after the break to talk a little more about that and 
and where AM goes from, from here heading into postseason play. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. Uh, Brian, another series win for Texas A&M over Ole Miss. Um, and this one helped them clinch the SEC West crown, their first time winning the SEC um, regular season, SEC West regular season title. They won the SEC tournament back in 2016. Um, will be the number two seed in the SEC tournament. And, um, you know, have kind of now put themselves, they're up to number five in the rankings, moved up one spot from a week ago. And, um, are really now in good position to to host a super regional if they get themselves there with a couple wins in the SEC tournament. Yeah, so your your first round game is going to be either against either Florida or South Carolina. That won't do much to move the needle. But the yeah. second round game, if everything holds to form, would be against Arkansas. So if they were able to get you know a win say against Florida and a one against Arkansas, it probably wouldn't even matter the rest of that tournament. I think that would especially with Arkansas being one of those teams that's also in contention for a top eight uh, national seed. If they were able to get those wins, I think that would that would do it. But I want to say the most impressive, this team is just a good all-around team. They won the series this weekend with, I mean, just w- without mentioning words, n- not good, bad starting pitching. You know, Nathan Detmer did not last five innings. I mean, this is his third straight outing where hasn't gone five innings. They won the opener. After Nathan Detmer, they keep putting TBA as the two other starters for each of the weekend series because they don't even have a true second starter. I mean, it was, you know, Micah Dallas and Ryan Prager started the year. Well, Dallas is now in the bullpen. You know, he'll 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 start in the SEC tournament, but is not what he, you know, he was the very first SEC pitcher of the week this year, but has sort of regressed. The start of pitching wasn't good. Uh, Saturday, it was, who'd they go with? They went with uh, Wyatt Tucker for the second time. He went two innings. Um, you know, like I said, Detmer struggled, uh, Ryan Prager came back in, didn't have, didn't go five innings on, uh, in the finale on Saturday and ain't still one, two or three. I mean, cause yeah. these bats keep coming through clutch. The Menifee, Joseph Menifee had two of the three wins or, or picked, I guess both of, both of the wins. He got the victory in both of those. Uh, Jacob Polish has come on again for, you know, long relief and, the bullpen has just been really good. It was not good at all on uh, in the middle game that they lost. But other than that, I mean, it's been really good. And that's been – that was the Achilles heel early in the season where starting pitching was awesome. Now starting pitching struggling. The bullpen's great. So everybody's stepping up when uh, when they need to. And, I mean, so it's just – it's crazy how different this team is than it was the beginning of the year and just how just clutch they are. Yeah, and you look at – I mean, the, the first game of the series, just starting there – you jump out to a seven nothing lead through two innings, and and that feels like you've given Nathan Detmer all you pretty much need to to kind of roll through. And you know, AM was kind of dancing in and out of trouble in that game with it in the bullpen. Um, and they, you know, that was that's the one thing I will say about the bullpen in that game specifically. They got in some jams, but but made pitches when they needed to make them. You know, they with the tying runners on. Uh, you know, up at the plate or anything like that. They managed to just get an out when they needed it. And, um, you know, they had to work a lot of innings this weekend and, uh, you know, then, and now to turn around and have the SEC tournament, um, that's going to be a big one against Arkansas. And they, they just need to get through that game and, and find a way to win it. And you're right. We need, we need to get our RPI King on you. The guy who, who had so much to say about Jim Schlossnagel next last week um, in his article, we need to get him back on here to discuss RPI about, um no he's uh he's he's moved on haven't you heard arch manning yeah he's on the arch manning space okay so who i mean i can't i can't believe that he's he's not okay with a&m you know let's say a&m did cancel the incarnate word game because of rpi you know if that is what happened allegedly um he's not okay with that but he's uh, he just throws out that oh old miss i mean arkansas is offering arch banning two and a half million so you're you're okay with just in your what you're saying just straight paying recruits 
But, yeah. you know, heaven forbid a team cancels one meaningless late season game. Yeah, yeah that's always and entertaining it's, it's on Twitter. It's Incarnate World, right? It's Incarnate, incarnate World. Incarnate World and the Cardinal. So he, he was uh, – he, he, yeah, he – he made it a point. He's like, well, I Googled it and it said Cardinal, but several people have said it's Cardinal, so I've changed it. If you yeah. go to their website, I mean, I believe their their uh the URL is like uh uiwcardinals.com yeah. and then or dot edu or whatever. And then yeah, it has a giant Cardinals logo. We went and learned it's like so I mean, Googling, just go to their website. I mean, it's on there. So yeah, yeah. that was that was some good entertainment. That was, I don't, a, that was some, last week. Just had a whole lot of good entertainment. Yeah. Also, everybody else followed suit. You know how many Ole Miss canceled a game, didn't they? Yeah, you know, so Ole they Miss did. They came into the A and M series without having a game. So. And and look at this weekend, for example, A and M dropped a couple spots in the RPI. Meanwhile, they got two wins out of it last week. They dropped a couple spots, and Ole Miss. Drops two of three and rises a spot in the RPI. So again, yeah. system this the RPI it, doesn't it it it's not okay. It's not it, RPI. The computer formula has been around yeah. forever. It's not out to get a And M, but yeah. it does need to be adjusted. I mean, it does need I to mean, be. it's ridiculous that you can win a game and it actually like hurts you. And an A and M, even if they hadn't played this weekend, they would have dropped just because some of their you know former opponents lost yeah. o- over the weekend. So their strength of schedule dropped, and that that's that's what what caused a and to fall two spots. So yeah, it's just ridiculous, but yeah, it's but still humans that make the decision for who's the host and who's the, the top eight seeds. And I, they're, they're going to be hard pressed even with a and M at the 20, you know, 20 or 22 in the RPI, yeah. they're going to be hard pressed to keep a and M out of one of those top eight spots, especially if a and M is able to get two wins in this tournament. No doubt. I think that's the thing. If they winning, winning will take care of a lot of this business. And um, you know, the one thing I did like about it, especially so that first game they get off, couldn't have asked to get off to a better start. Dylan Rock with a homer. Dylan Rock was fantastic this weekend. Uh, yeah, somebody changed the Wikipedia page. I believe they said the Oxford Mississippi Wikipedia page said mayor and changed yeah. it to Dylan Rock. It's probably back. It's probably back to whoever is the but, actual mayor now. But that, yeah. But love it. Um, you know, and A and M falls behind five two in the in the third game of the series, despite jumping out to a one nothing lead early on. Couldn't have asked for a better start in that one either. Trevor Warner opens the game with a triple. Comes home to score one batter later, but AM's the pitching kind of faltered and they fall behind five to two and then just explode offensively. Um, Dylan Rock had a homer, it's tied up at five, and then Brett Minnick come, comes up with a grand slam to make it nine to five. And from there, um, AM took care of business and was able to close out with a with their seven straight series win, which is just really impressive to to kind of think about where this team has gone over the past month and a half. And um, like you said, kind of put themselves Everything's in front of them. Everything that they need to to do to to kind of get that super regional spot is is it's all in front of them, and they and they really do control their own destiny in terms of if they can just win a couple games in the SEC tournament. They've put themselves exactly where they need to be, and but I do agree the pitching's the starting pitching especially is going to need to be better, especially if this team wants to make a run in the NCAA tournament. The the starting pitching is is probably the big thing that's going to have to get better because the bats for the most part have been largely really consistent over the past couple of weeks and, and picked up the pitching and, and the bullpen findings, finding some guys that they can, they can depend on as has been huge. So, yeah, for sure. What I'm really looking for though is, uh, so the NCAA tournament selection show is Monday, a week from today or a yeah. week from yesterday, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, Monday, the 30th, it's going to be at 11 a.m. Central. Okay, AM is going to have a one seed. No matter what, there will be one of the 16 one seeds. They're going to host a regional. So who's going to be the number two seed in that regional? They try and do it. You can't have somebody from your conference in your regional, and they try and do it uh, geographically. So basically what that means is a team from the Big 12. A team yeah. from the Big 12 will be the two seed. So is it going to be – it had been – they kept predicting TCU – which that would be Jim Schlossnagel, Schlossnagel against his former team. Also, TCU has eliminated AM like four years, like yeah. three or four recent years. They've eliminated them either in the College World Series or Super Regionals or Regionals. Uh, so TCU, now they're projected as a top, you know, as a, as a one seed. If it's not TCU, Texas Probably Longhorns. That team over in Austin. Texas Longhorns, yeah, will, will likely be. They could potentially work their way into hosting as well. But if, you know, if they do, then it would maybe knock TCU out of that spot. So it'll, it'll almost assuredly be one of those two teams. So it's going to be a fun, assuming, 
you know, number one and four seed play and number two and three play to open things. So assuming both teams win, that would put uh, game two on Saturday, Saturday, you know, early afternoon with uh, A&M versus either Texas or TCU. And either way, it'd be a, a fun little matchup that I would bet the Raggies out there, you know, um, are ready are, are going to be ready for out there at Bluebell. Oh, they they definitely are. They, there's just a ton of interesting storylines to watch and 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 where the seating kind of goes and um to the to the there was a question on the board about how much impact the SEC tournament or conference tournaments in general are going to have coming off what happened with basketball. I expect a lot still will be decided by what happens this weekend and especially if you know you get an A and M Arkansas matchup or or what happens in the Big Twelve with Texas and TCU. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be fascinating to watch. So with kind of with the regular season coming to an end, Brian, what do you think the ceiling is for this team? Where do you, where do you think if you look at where this team is right now and um, you know of, of kind of a full body of work through the regular season, where do you think this team is right now? I, I mean, it's hard to to really say because it is you know depending on how the pitching goes, this team is good when you have a series. You know, they they won. The, the last seven series of the year, they won two out of three, at least two out of three they won. They only swept one of those. So it is a team that's that's beatable. And until you get to the Super Regionals and then the final of uh, of the College World Series, it's not a two out of three format. So, you know, that that's going to be interesting because they, – but they're capable of beating anybody, you know, in one yeah. game. But they're also, you know, capable of potentially losing. But – this is a team that that's proven it can win series. So if it gets in those super regionals and then if they make a run in the college world series, they can, they can battle anybody at two out of three. So, I mean, the ceiling is the title, you know, I, nobody would have expected that. And I would, they're not going to be the favorites, you know, that would be, uh, that would be Tennessee and, and Oregon state would be, you know, the two main favorites, but you know, A&M could be a trendy pick, you know, for people, if they're looking for, you know, potential, you know, upset, a good team still, but an upset, you know, it's not out of the question a and m wins this thing yeah for me it's 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 that super regional and beyond because when you look at postseason play oftentimes it comes down to getting hot at the right time and and a and m also um even though the pitching has struggled a little bit, they've always kind of been able to win game one of these these series and get off to a good start in the series and so um when you look at being able to throw out a guy like Nathan Detmer if he's able to you know kind of click back into gear um you know, AM is going to be very formidable to go against. And, and where they are now, defense has been better for the most part. Um, but, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be a tough out and come postseason play just because of just what, they, what they've been able to do over the last seven weeks. They're playing as well as, as anybody, but you were, you're right. The pitching is still a concern, and, and, and that's probably why they're, 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 they're still beatable for sure. Um, no, for sure. You talk about a tough out. One team that was not exactly a tough out this weekend, the AM softball team. Yeah, now, the AM softball so team. They play, yeah. We talked about it last week. They're play, they played the number one seed in the whole country, Oklahoma. Oklahoma had two losses all year. And the the first, you know, the non-elimination the first time, they lost three to two. They almost came back and won. Yeah. You know, then beat Minnesota, came back in the elimination game to beat Minnesota. And so going into Sunday, they had to get two wins over Oklahoma. They yeah. ended up losing twenty to nothing. Twenty to nothing. Twenty to like nothing it. in the uh, so so that didn't happen. Twenty to nothing, and yeah. twenty to nothing was apparently good enough to, to get a mercy cause rule. a change. Yeah, cause a change in yeah. head coaches for the first time in twenty six years. Was is that how long Joe yeah. Evans was around? Twenty six years, and you know, A and M released a um, released a, uh, a statement Monday morning announcing that they had. Um, Decided not to renew Joe Evans' contract. So yeah, it was the uh, same thing with Childress. I don't think Bjork likes firing coaches. He's just like, yeah. no, we didn't fire you. We just we didn't, didn't renew your contract. You again. It's yeah, same, yeah. It's, it's hard a, for coaches to recruit if they don't have a a contract. So I mean, everybody yeah. sort of saw the writing on the wall. If Joe yeah. Evans would have had a you know women's college World Series year, yeah, but and, not number. They finished twelfth and twelfth out of thirteen teams in the SEC, and then lost. Yeah, Twenty to nothing in her final game. And of note, I mean, she did pick up her one thousandth win this weekend. No, thirteen hundred win. Thirteen hundred. Thirteen hundred. Yeah, I mean, so that's fifty wins. Fifty yeah, wins a year. If I just did that math, yeah, that, you know, top <laughs> yeah, I think head. so. Thirteen hundreds. Yeah, I misspoke there. And um, you know, and the other thing about it is in the statement, it kind of mentioned 
you know, the A&M should be in a position to host a re- super regional and advance the college world series on an, on an annual basis with the facilities that they have, the conference they're in. And so you could kind of get where he was, where, where the thought process was behind the, the decision. Cause let's, let's be honest, A&M backed into the, the, the NCAA tournament and um, coming off a tough SEC play. And it was, it was probably time to make a change and, and get a new voice in there. And, you know, the other part about it that probably helps is looking at the success that A&M just had on the baseball side, making a change after and getting a new voice in there. It's probably going to be a similar thought process on this front. Um, I, I don't think they're going to shy away from going after a big target. If we've, if we kind of learned anything about the way Bjork operates, I think they're going to certainly look at guy at uh, coaches with experience. And, uh, and that's what, yeah, that, that's what he does is, I mean, so Shrasnago had experience and, now her name is escaping me, but uh, you know the Taylor, they, yeah the the women's basketball coach they stole a really good coach from Georgia that yeah. ha, you know has experience. They're not gonna you know he's not looking for assistants that could be good. He's looking for yeah. proven, and so I would expect that in softball as well. I'm not a softball expert by any means. I'm not even a softball amateur by any means. Yeah. So I can't <laughs> tell you who the good coaches are, but I think A uh, and M will get one. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the hire will be lauded uh, nationally. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we can go out on a, on a limb and say that the press conference they're going to find the right person that's going to be the right. Well, person they always say that, but I think it actually people will believe. Yeah, it. people will, like, people will be lauding yeah. it. And, I mean, shoot, in uh, football when when they're like re- even everybody follows everything, it's like you got your seventh choice. Like, don't try and lie to me and be like, we got <laughs> yeah, the man exactly. for the job that we want all along. <laughs> We've known it. We saw you interviewed. We saw we saw him turn down the job, but. You know, you don't see that behind the scenes in softball, but I think it will actually be one yeah, that, it'll be that people will talk about, you know, it's like, hey, that's a great hire, yeah. whoever it is. No doubt. And just sticking on, I guess it's not just football where they, where they steal folks from Georgia. The women's basketball team kind of raided the the Georgia signing class and took them all to, to bring them all to Aguiland. Yeah, so I, I, they, 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 I believe that they flipped every single signee. Yeah, they I took every, they flipped single every single signee. Yeah, which is, <laughs> I mean, that's tough. I mean, it's not fun to be Georgia right now and in, in, in women's basketball, but hey, AM will take it. And yeah, that, yeah, that's tough when, when they do just all follow the coach. But that probably helped, you know, her, you know, her contract negotiations when she's yeah. like, Hey, look, I got a really good class and I bet some of them might want to play for me. So. Yeah, I bet, you know, the number two player in the nation, I bet, or the number two player in this cycle, or I think she was top yeah. top top three. Yeah. I can, you know. That may she may be attainable, you know. We may be able to get her over yeah, here. Like, I, just, I have that's a fine. feeling. Yeah, I have a feeling. So that might that may have helped as well. But no, even though I doubt, you know, they're gonna they're gonna swing high and they're and they're gonna um, they're gonna swing for the fences. You know, looking at looking at the softball hire. So um, you know, I think I think the hire. Stay, will, t- will stay tuned to Gigum two four seven. Softball, all this group. No, okay, I I I make that joke, but I tell you what. Uh, Sam, uh, the moderator, Sam Smith, uh, slamming Sam on there. He yeah. is is tuned in, and you know he's he he shared you know a, just a little bit of insight that he expects a hire that's going to be like uh, similar to the ba- the women's basketball hire that it's you know and he expects it to happen you know relatively quickly. I would wait you know uh, assuming they are going to hire a coach that's had some success. That means that coach is probably still in the postseason. Yep. Uh, with this heading into super regionals, but once that's over. Uh, you know, he expects A&M to move pretty quickly. So that'll be, uh, you know, so the, I, we joke, but there there actually is, you know, if you are interested yeah, in women's have a softball, yeah. we've got an insider. So yeah, we do. Come, come join us. And speaking of speaking of Sam, he's also um, his live updates on on the on the men's golf team who are heading, you know, the, the women's golf team is, is currently playing in the NCAA championships on Monday. If you listen to this. Um, in a good spot to advance to match play, provided they have a good final day. So um, Sam's had had updates on all of that as well. The men's golf team will be, be heading to Arizona as well for the um, for the for the NCAA championships that'll begin next week. Um, they also advanced with a, I believe it was they finished third in the you know, in the uh, regional that was in Bryan. Um, so Sam's got all the updates on that as well and. Yeah, do you think the uh, softball hire will be at, released at about seven fifteen a.m. again, like the, the basketball one was? Yeah, probably? and please, and also yes, and we we joked about it off the air. It's been enough time now. The basketball team released uh, the uh, an official signee like yeah. 
right during Jimbo yeah. Fisher's press conference last week. Come on, guys. You know, we, we don't, yeah. don't let it get lost. But yes, AM, if the SADs are listening, wait until at least like 9 15 a.m. to release yeah. a new a exactly. new hire. I kind of got the um the email about Kalen Robinson signing with AM probably 15 minutes after Jimbo's press conference finished. And I was thinking, come on, let's let's wait a little bit. Let's have Jimbo have his moment. He's gonna be in the Everybody's going to be talking about Jimbo the rest of the day. So, uh, but no, yeah, if did. anybody didn't know, Kalen Robinson signed. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it may have gotten lost last week. With it, you guys. it got lost a bit in the shuffle, but he is officially on board. Um, so, the final signee, the, the final transfer they're waiting to, to sign is Dexter Dennis, and uh, we'll make that official. I, I think they, they are, uh, the, the, that group should be moving in as well. Um, right around Memorial Day, that's usually the time. Yeah, that uh, school the starts. Uh, the summer summer one session starts a week from Tuesday, so that would be, I think, the thirty first. Yep. So, so uh, yeah, so this this coming weekend is when pretty much everybody will move in because people go to summer school now. So yep, they'll all be they'll all be set, and so we will have um, we'll have all the latest on that and um, where everything is is standing, and and yeah, stay tuned for that softball announcement whenever. Whenever that comes out, when things kind of progress in the in the NCAA tournament, and uh, we'll do a special favorite, podcast. We'll break it we'll down. Do we'll, the X's and O's, an hour and a half podcast. Maybe yep. we'll break it down. We'll, we'll get yeah, the whiteboard out behind. We'll kind of yes. go through, you know, shifting, and we'll we'll get into the debate about shifting and where where folks are shifting. And you now we'll get we'll dive into that debate um, and plenty more entertainment. So um, with that, I think we'll we'll go ahead and wrap it up. I won't say see you for the rest of the week because who knows what. You know, the rest of the week, last last week, we kind of had our emergency podcast. Don't expect any emergency podcasts this week, I don't think. But um, stay tuned for all the latest on Gigum 247 um, If you like our videos, be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube to get uh, a notification every time a new video arrives. And give us a five-star review on Spotify and iTunes. And subscribe on there as well to, to get a notification when a new podcast drops on there as well. Um, otherwise, we'll be back with next week with um, with the latest and um, with with players arriving on campus it's Memorial Day next Monday. So maybe we'll have to do it on Tuesday or or something like that. So we'll 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 have the we'll iron out that schedule and uh, and go from there. So with that, have a good week, everybody. Bye.